and I was working at like finish line, you know, making like yeah. seven bucks an hour or something like that. And I was dead broke, like mm-hmm. account in the negative dead broke. And, uh, my son also started preschool for the first time that summer. Yeah. And you know, you have kids, I don't know, like, like when they went to preschool for the first time, a lot of kids get sick that oh, first go around every week. Yeah. Right. right? Cause it's like yeah. their first time being around a bunch of kids. So that happened to my son. He, he gets super sick and he's with me that week. And you know, he's like, super um like nauseous he's throwing up he's got like a fever so i take him to urgent care mm-hmm. and um, when we get to urgent care the lady at the front desk she checks him in and everything and then she's like okay hey you know you're all set we're gonna get you to see the doctor but before you're able to go back it's a 15 dollars copay for the doctor to see your son mm-hmm. and dude literally my account was in the negative I had mm-hmm. no money to my name. So I, I tell this lady at the front desk, I'm like, hey, is there any way where I can I can just pay you afterwards? Can we get him seen first? And then, mm-hmm. you know, we'll take like bill me later. Yeah. And she's like, sir, I'm sorry, it's policy. You have to pay before we can administer services. And at this point, I'm desperate. So I, I look the lady in the face and say, look, as badly as I want to pay you, I don't have $15 to my name. Like, yeah. what can we do? And she's like, sir, and you know, she's like, she's uncomfortable at this point, yeah. right? And she's like, sir, I'm I'm terribly sorry, but the only way you're going to see a doctor today is if you pay that $15 first. So I ended up having to call like my son's mom, who we were like beefing pretty hard at the time. And um, her and her husband, she was remarried, they ended up meeting me at the doctor's office and her husband pays $15 for me. So that moment of like not being able to provide for my son when he was like the sickest he had ever been, it's mm-hmm. just, it's really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it's given me this, this kind of fire not even a fire man it's just like this fear yeah. of ever being back in that situation again yeah and and that fear is what really keeps me motivated yeah i think a lot of entrepreneurs have something that they kind of lean on for motivation mm-hmm. and um the tough part is like when you start making money mm-hmm. and then you kind of forget about that initial mm-hmm. motivation like how to keep going yeah. yeah so i remember when i first started real estate i was super motivated mm-hmm. i would do whatever it took yeah um, my motivation in the beginning was my mom mm-hmm. because I remember like, I remember very vividly like being in our old apartment and like hearing her cry mm-hmm. or like saying stuff like, oh, I don't have money for, for the rent. I don't have money for this. I don't have money for that. Yeah. Like don't ask for anything. And I would like sneak money into her purse. Aww. Like I would like save some of my lunch money. and How then like twenty. Dude, I was like in middle school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I remember like that would keep me motivated. And then when I got into real estate, I remember the first, the first thing most realtors do is they start learning, they start learning how to run comps. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, uh, what house should I see the value? Oh, my mom's house. Mm -hmm. So I checked the comps. And then her house at the time was worth like 150. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's it's worth 150. And then I remember one morning I was uh looking through the mail and I saw her mortgage statement mm-hmm. and it said like 250. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, oh, you owe 250, but the house is worth 150. Like, mm-hmm. what what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. I was like, oh, let me go ask my broker. So I go <laughs> to my broker, I'm like, hey. My mom owes two fifty, but the house is worth one fifty. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, well, she needs to short sale it." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay." So I go back to my mom. I'm like, "Hey, my broker says you need to short sale your house because you're upside down." Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, "Yeah, I'm upside down. I I got a loan modification, and like my interest rate 
is a variable interest rate that goes up. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. But I know that she couldn't afford the house. Mm-hmm. She was upside down on the house. Right. So I was like, okay, we need to like sell the house and go rent a house. Mm-hmm. And she just refused to do it. So I was like, okay, I have to buy a house. Mm-hmm. That was like the conclusion that I came up with. I was like, I have to buy a house so she can move into the house and then I could short sell this house. Mm-hmm. So, so that was like my whole goal. So all the time I'm cold calling, I'm door knocking, I'm doing open houses, I'm doing whatever it took mm-hmm. to buy a house. I finally bought a house and then moved her into it and ended up having to pay to sell her house. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember like that like idea of buying my mom a house mm-hmm. just drove me through everything. Yeah. yeah. So Dude, I, I talk about that a lot, man. It's like people need something deeper than just saying like, you know, money, time, family, yeah. freedom, like whatever. Like mm-hmm. you you need something that's going <laughs> to something that's going to stick, something that's going to really drive you in ways mm-hmm. that a lot of these other superficial things won't. So, yeah. dude, I, I love hearing that story. Yeah, that's yeah. And for me, I feel like it's not as deep as your guys' is, but <laughs> it was powerful for me because, like I said, I found myself being so unhappy at my job. Yeah. And I was just like, bro, life is way too short. I know I'm, like, skilled and smart and I can provide value and, and do something myself. Like, mm-hmm. why am I – like, I feel like society puts a pressure on you to get a degree, find a job, stay there and retire and yeah. work your way up. And I was just like, I'm very unhappy with this yeah. lifestyle, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that is my driver is not as deep and beautiful as your guys stories yeah. but i just don't want to be unhappy with what i do in life i think you it's know? still it's still deep because even though like that was when i was already in real estate that that's what i was focused on but before that i was going to college because i was like oh, okay like this is what you do you right. just go to college and you figure it out right. so started going to college to be uh in sociology mm-hmm. um i wanted to be a sociologist or work with like children that needed help um, so I was volunteering or, or working as a, uh, as, uh, someone that works with children that have personality disorders and I would okay. help them like do basic life skills. Mm. And then I would go to college and then I would work at the same time. Right. Mm. But then what I noticed is the people that worked where I worked at for sociology, mm. they were all broke. <laughs> yeah. They were all super broke. Mm. And then I noticed my mom started working in the same field, helping women who got the R word. And she would help them go to court, go to counseling and all this crap. Mm -hmm. And she was broke too. Mm -hmm. So I remember like once I was like in the thick of it, I was like halfway through all the classes that I needed. And I remember I was sitting in college, like in class and the teacher was talking about marriage. It was like a, it was like a marriage, the history of marriage sociology class or something like that. And um, I remember I was literally sitting there. I was like, okay, so am I going to go through college? And then go work and be broke. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, is this... Is this this is life. This yeah. is what society tells us is the right thing to do, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. And I was sitting there and then, like, I started having those thoughts. Like, all right, my manager over here is broke. My mom is broke. The owner of the company that I'm working for would had a side hustle to try to... Survive? Pay, so, yeah. 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 So I'm just like, is this what it's going to be? Right. And I remember I walked out of class. I literally what? was just like, 
all right, like I grabbed my stuff and I left. I never went back. I never asked for a refund. That's so cool. Like the three of us had that moment. So me leaving my job, you in college, you saying no to the internship. You know, it's like we all had this light bulb go off and be like, life is more, more, Yeah, you know? And it's sad because I think a lot of people have that light bulb, but not everyone does something about it. Because it's scary. It is. It is scary. It is scary. You and Tony have like zero, like, what's the word? Like, you guys have zero fear. I feel like both of you guys are very yeah. um, willing to take um, risks, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I was very scared, you know? And I feel like the the majority of people, yeah, that do feel that are afraid to be like, oh, like, whatever. Let me just quit. Let me just take this leap of faith and bet on myself, you know? Yes. It's really hard to do, especially if you're, um, you know, have a family depending on you. That, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. 